Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat Shalom. For weeks, I have been planning the sermon that I wanted to give today. Ever since Rabbi Cosgrove's sermon on the pipeline problem in conservative Judaism, I have been thinking of this morning when I would be able to give my response. There is a shortage of rabbis in America today and a shortage of rabbinical students. And Rabbi Cosgrove attributed this shortage to the practical and economic difficulties of the pulpit life. And while he isn't incorrect, I don't entirely agree. I didn't think he was going to be here when I gave this. (laughs) Because I think that there is a spiritual component to our religious leadership crisis. And I have been looking forward to making my case today. But I can't give that sermon this morning. I can't give it because earlier this week, an 18-year-old radicalized by white supremacy went into a supermarket and shot 13 people, killing 10 of them. The nature of this crime is horrifying. And before we go any further, I want to take a pause in honor of the 10 human lives lost. While the shooting of innocent people at a market is shocking, I would be lying if I said that I was surprised when I heard the news. According to the Gun Violence Archive, there have been over 200 mass shootings in the U.S. in 2022. According to the FBI and the Department of Justice, hate crimes in the U.S. are increasing as well. That any human being could do this to others is a tragedy, but it also shows us that the spiritual crisis today goes far beyond a clergy pipeline. How could someone do this? It is a failing of laws and support systems to be sure, but it is also a failing of collective spirit. It is a spiritual problem in our society that a young adult could see the other as so dehumanized that he could walk through a grocery store shooting his brothers and sisters. But the spiritual sickness goes deeper than that. The disease has spread across the body of humanity. It is a moral crisis that politics supersede concerns of public health and the well-being of our neighbor. It is a degradation of spirit that allows children and their teachers to be targets of cruelty and derision for simply exploring history or gender identity. And it is a perversion of religion to claim that God wants the government to control women's bodies or that pregnant women should risk their lives for the sake of the unborn. These issues and more 
are symptoms of the spiritual rot in the soul of our land, a rot that, let me be clear, has not spread to all. Many people, most people, in fact, are good, caring humans who are trying to do what is best for themselves, their families, communities, and the world. Many of us want desperately to help others build systems of justice and ameliorate the suffering that we see around us. We all want to make the world a better place. And I imagine that when we hear of tragedies such as the shooting in Buffalo, we are filled with sympathy and compassion and also a gnawing feeling that there is really very little we can do. We feel this way because the issues that we face today are incredibly complex and far-reaching and their solutions are commensurately hard to grasp. We also feel this way because there are a group of people in this world who want us to feel helpless and afraid. People guilty of misinformation and incitation to violence. Guilty of a sin that we read about in the Torah this very morning. Among the list of laws in our Parsha, God tells us, Lo tonu ish et amito, do not wrong one another, but fear your God, for I, the Lord, am God. Now on the face of it, this seems rather simple. Do not wrong one another. How do we mess this one up? This idea should be front and center for all of us. It should be on bracelets and bumper stickers. Do not wrong one another. It doesn't matter if we agree, if we vote the same way, or even if we like each other, don't wrong one another. Simple as it may seem, the ancient rabbis in the Midrash wanted specificity. What does it actually mean to not wrong another person? Clearly, there are always unintended consequences of any action that could lead to doing someone else harm. Given the context of the verse and its background, the rabbis come up with two actions prohibited by this injunction. First, one cannot give intentionally false advice, especially when that advice is meant to benefit unfairly the advisor. I can tell you, I can't tell you that it's a good idea to buy a stock when I know the price is falling and I just want to unload my shares. Now, the second sin, according to the rabbis, is, to intentionally, is not to intentionally incite others to anger and violence. So when the Torah says, do not wrong one another, what the verse really means is that we should not intentionally do things that we know will cause others harm. Namely, we cannot give out false information we cannot intentionally make others angry or violent for our own gain. In the words of this admonition, we should recognize some of the roots of the crisis we face today. That there is danger and risk in our world is unavoidable. That there is disagreement and debate. That's what comes from when many different people try to work together. But to lie for one's own benefit, to bring causeless anger and hatred into the world for personal gain, that is a sin that the Torah will not allow. Now, the Torah tells us something of the nature of these sins, their severity, and their consequences. Rashi, the classic rabbinic commentary, notes that the verse continues, you shall not wrong one another because I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord, says Rashi, was added as a reminder to people who might think that they could get away with this. No one will know that I argue in bad faith. No one will trace vile speech back to me, says the sinner. Not so, reminds Rashi. God knows what's in the hearts and minds 
of people. God reminds us to stay true because when we intentionally wrong others, there are at least two people who know the truth, God and we ourselves. The rabbis in the Talmud note that the next verse after God tells us not to wrong one another continues that you may long live in the land. They draw a connection between intentional harm and societal survival. We were exiled from our land because Jews violated this commandment and were cruel with one another. If we today violate this principle, if people are allowed to cause one another harm through falsehoods and violence, the foundations of our world are at risk. Because allowing hatred into our public discourse and our hearts is a poison to society. Achzariyut titpashet belev ben adam, say the rabbis, cruelty is something that takes hold and spreads in the heart of a person. If we let any in, more will grow. We as Jews cannot allow the hatred and violence that has taken root in our land. We cannot abide this because as Jews, we know that we are our brother's keeper and inheritors of a tradition that asks us to look beyond ourselves and fix a broken world. We also must stand against hatred wherever it is because we as Jews know all too well that that hatred is coming for us. We stand with the community in Buffalo because they are humans and it is the right thing to do. We also stand with them because we know that this murderer thought that Jews were ultimately the ones behind whatever plot he'd been fed. The same anti-Semitic descendant of the protocols of the elders of Zion that led someone to shoot a mosque in Christchurch and synagogues all across this country. We must stand up for the victims of baseless hatred and fear-mongering because, they are only, because there are only two options right now. Stand up for each other or be attacked one by one. This world that we live in can seem daunting. The evils that threaten us at every turn can make us shut down and despair. They make us focus inward on our own lives and let someone else figure out how to stop extremism and its effects. The spiritual crisis we face seems to me to be a lack of hope and faith that we can in fact make the world better, that our actions will in fact matter. And there is, friends, much to be hopeful about. There are countless groups all across ideologies and geographies working for the good. There are individuals trying to fight through the cacophony of lies, hatred, and cruelty to have serious discussions and move all of us into a better world together. Our task today is to stand up with them. Do not be taken in by lies. Do not contribute in whatever way to hatred and those who would bring about violence. Now there is a hero seldom sung, but read about in our Haftorah, who faced a world of destruction, a world where enemies were closing in. And Jeremiah tried a number of things to face a world of chaos and evil. He tried yelling and shouting at everyone, so much so, that we have a word in English, a Jeremiah, which means to yell with no effect. The yelling didn't get anything done. Jeremiah did two things that were part of saving our people as they went into exile. First and foremost, he kept the people together. As opposed to the northern kingdom, when the southern kingdom went into exile in Babylonia, they stayed together as a group. And so when redemption came, 
they were able to return and to rebuild their community. But he did something else that, Jonathan, you read this morning. He bought land, and he took that deed, and he buried it in an earthen jar because he knew that he would be back. And that act of hope, that act of knowing that good will out is something we all need right now. We need both of the things that Jeremiah did. Friends, we have to act together. We have to keep our communities together and strong. And by communities, I mean all those who would build, all those who would make a better world, all those who would fight against hatred and cruelty. They are all our brothers and sisters, and we must stand together so that when the redemption comes, we will work together to build a better world. We also have to keep that hope alive, that our actions will matter, that we can, in fact, do something. And I pledge right now, I will take that hope, bury it deep right here, and know that though it may look bleak at times, we can stand together and we can make this world a better place. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul.